It's Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Right out of the shoot, a 69-yard strike. And so there you go. And the Rebels already lead by a score of 6-0, and the seats are barely warm here. And a snap, Brumfield looking, he's scrambling, he's going to keep it. He's at the 15, 10, 5, he is in for a touchdown! Doug Brumfield as time runs out in the first half. How do you like them apples? And the Rebels have reason to celebrate. Gatorade Bath, head coach Barry Odom, 44-14 the final. The Rebels are 1-0 in the 2023 season. It's time for Cofield and Company, only on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Cofield and Company on a... Nope. Nope. Tuesday. We're starting the week on a Tuesday. I don't like this. I don't like this. Lots to recap from the weekend. Hopefully everyone hasn't mm-hmm. stolen all our good material from college football, uh, what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I don't, I don't like it either, by the way, because I, I'm leaving Thursday on a crazy trip. I'll be gone for almost two weeks, yeah. and I keep thinking in my mind, oh, it's Monday. I got I got all the way till Thursday night, and then I, as I was driving over here, I said, wait, it's Tuesday. I only have 48 hours to get packed to get ready. For a two-week two oh. away from home trip? Uh, middle of the day today, I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, everything's hitting me. This is not you know, oh. media people complaining. No, but you, we basically have a schedule every week, and when Monday is light, and then you kind of lose track of, hey, you know what, the weekend's coming, like now well, the, now you're behind. It's football you, season. I think, yeah, I think just, yes, we as media people in football season are in a routine of this is this day, this is this day, this is this day. Right. No question. It's formulaic. It's the same. My life is the same from now until the end of the football season. I get that. But I don't think it's that different for the average person. Like, like once Monday, football season yeah, starts, yeah. your life is Sunday football for the most part. Yeah. If, if you listen to the show, especially Sunday, Saturday football, Sunday football, Monday night football, then you're like that's how you settle in your week. So I, I think the average person is kind of the same in that regard. This is it's weird when you have that Monday off. Uh, Demon went on vacation. What? He went to see the family. Is that went what somewhere somewhere in the Memphis area. We don't exactly know where. He told me, but I forgot picked, the name of the city. Picked up a shirt on, on his uh, trip. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a new shirt. Was the that real a clear, was that a yeah, clearance shirt? Airport. A Memphis clearance shirt? <laughs> you bought an airport uh, Memphis the shirt? Wow. Yeah, How much? Like, yeah. You should have seen me at Walmart. I was collecting. Thirty-seven dollars, by the way. I was collecting the shirts at Walmart. Uh, did your family? Was your family disappointed that you came and not me? I feel like they like me better than you. It is so funny you mentioned that. My uncle mentioned you while we were watching college football on Saturday. Of course he did. They love me. Yeah, he says I need to come out to Vegas to see Adam. <laughs> And I'm like, what? Of course, I make I make impressions. <laughs> I thought this was like a five minute conversation. It was. I'm a wow, very, I'm very I make a lot of minutes. impression. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty good. Well, I, I mean, I also know the path for most families, especially normal families, like the path to getting in their good graces to make fun of their family member. They like that. When I was I was really clowning on Demond quite a bit, and I think they enjoyed it a lot. Well, yeah, I'll give you another story real quick. My dad was. Um, having a few beverages, and my younger brother asked about, did DeMond play high school basketball? And he told a story from me freshman year. I shot a basketball, and one of the parents said, NBA, nothing but air. And it <laughs> wow. was the funniest story he's ever turned in his life because he was laughing for five minutes straight. That's good. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Why do, why do dads have to be like that? <laughs> why are the other parents guy. like that? It's freshman basketball. That's true. Wow. And then your coach three years later said you don't have a point guard or a leader on the team. 
That was rough. Well, I, don't so was he, I, don't, I don't think he was hammering on DeMond. He was. That, yes, DeMond was the returning point guard. Was that a motivation? And the coach in the preview story said, we don't have a point guard or a leader. Okay. <laughs> that seems a direct you shot to returning a point guard. You couldn't even be a leader off the bench? Uh, I was team captain, so. <laughs> well, that's that's a, quite an indictment on your leadership. You know, I heard uh, Dion talk about he thinks naming captains is nonsense. Yeah, he names leaders. And he dogs. names leaders and dogs, but yeah. dogs aren't always leaders and leaders aren't always dogs. Whatever that means. So now I'm confused from Hard Knocks because Robert Sala went with, uh, what, commanders and contenders. and Who are the yeah. hangers on? I think just hangers on. Aren't no, they? no, no. No. It wasn't pretenders. It was something something along those lines. Commanders and challengers are the, are the good ones. Competitors is one Competitors of them. Competitors and commanders are the top. The top two. It's top of the food chain. But there's another one that was just people are just kind of hanging on. They know it. Everyone else knows it. And they take people down with them. So everyone's got that at the workplace, right? Of course. Not here. we got a perfect workplace. Okay. Uh, Kofi and the company here on a Tuesday. So, yeah, let's start out with Dion. Does anyone want to smash me for hammering Dion during the offseason? During the offseason? On Friday. Game, on Friday, yeah. Well, on, on his game plan of flipping 60 players on his roster and how that was not going to work. I mean, so so far, so good. What would you like about it? Um. So I I I liked what we thought we were going to like. You they have a ton of ability on the outside. You talked a lot about the weapons, yep. and my counter was the guys inside are going to flop at some point during the season. But yeah, Shadur Sanders, five ten and four touchdowns, and then I mean Travis Hunter is the I guess what Charles Woodson, who is a great player and a Hall of Famer, was kind of touted to be, but. Charles Woodson didn't yeah. play games where he had eleven catches. Well, that, he didn't play. He didn't play receiver like this and play. I mean, to me, that's the most. They're they're amazing. They're, they're both amazing. Uh, Sanders, Shadur Sanders showed he can play at this level, up from FCS for sure. And Travis Hunter was out there playing both ways for 144 yeah, plays. That's crazy. By the way, survivors, contenders, competitors, yep. commanders. So survivors is the one that are basically the hangers on. Do just enough to get by. Yep. Enough, just enough to get by, but other people know it and they drag people down with them. Yeah. Um, you looking, looking for them around here? No. Uh, so yes. We have all commanders. I think, yes, for sure. Um, no, I think all competitors. There's really no, com- we know we don't have commanders because Damon was not one. That's they were point. looking for one. So they, right. He was he was more of a survivor. It's not a good way to start the week by hammering uh, on Demond. Uh, sure, this seems to be your thing now. <laughs> Sorry, Demond. Uh, Welcome to the show. We talked. We we did we did talk about this uh, early on in the show that uh, in some form or fashion, every show I've done going back to '96, uh, the producer is put to a test, and someone on the show, if not everyone on the show, just beats the snot out of them, and you just have to come out of the corner fighting. Or just be a nice person and be pleasant, and for the most part, but who, Demond is that as far as we've seen. So, so but, keep beating up on him. Yes, but the people the people who have gotten through that and survived it and thrive from it are, I would say, me and JVT. Hold on, I, or, I do have a story to tell. That's not uh, that's not totally accurate. Yeah, it is. There was a bit of a class reunion, like down in town. It's a small town, so basically every class going back to like '85 was down in the town square in Ripley. And I was meeting with some of the people that I played for, played with on the freshman basketball team, and they told a story where I came in the huddle. We were losing to the rival town, Covington. And I come in the huddle and I say, this is bleeping, bleeping. This is effing BS that <laughs> nice. we're losing like that. this game. I like that. 
and they all just started laughing about why was I taking freshman basketball so serious. But from the <laughs> age of 14, they were survivors. I was the guy. They were survivors. I was a commander. Uh, at the time, yes. This for is sure. effing BS. By the way, the commander thing can be kind of squeezed out of your life. Sure. Yeah, Certain yeah. work situations can yeah. deflate that whole can thing. Can make you a competitor or a contender or whatever the thing a is. A quiet quitter. Uh, I, I, will also, I will say, though, yeah. I feel like in our debate between about Colorado, yeah. I was far more pro-Colorado than you were. Way more. And after one game, which was way better than anybody could have expected, I don't see it anymore. I like this angle. Um, <laughs> let's get to it in like two minutes. Because I do want to play Dion, because Dion's reaction, of course. And you know what? This happens a lot, right? Um, remember when the Raiders season a couple of years ago, um, I, it must have been the beginning. Of, he didn't know where the season was going. It must have been the, be, must have been the beginning of the 10-7 and 7 season. I remember Gruden coming out and kind of pointing at you guys in the media, like, told you so, told you so. And I remember at the time, I'm like, why are you punching down? But I also understood when you're, you feel like there's an avalanche of negativity, when you start to impress or you get that first big win, it's hard to hold back the emotions and be like, yeah, told you. And uh, Dion was on uh, McAfee's show and said, yeah, you know what, all the negativity, all the doubters, that motivated me and motivated us. And then you throw in the doubt factor. Of other people that that's something I could tug on with my kids, I could tug on with my team, I could tug on with my coaches. Like they don't believe us. They they think it's a game. They think it's a joke. They think we just flipped the schedule for no reason, just because we not the schedule the, the roster for no reason because we just wanted to. They don't they don't believe. So I long as you could give me a thread that I could pull on that heart. Oh my guys ready to hunt. Yeah. They ready to hunt. And they could. We on the road. We in Texas. Against a team that went to the national championship, please, that's all we needed. That that was a that was like a, a story that I could unravel slowly but surely. And I loved it. I don't mind that. Listen, I was wrong as far as uh the TCU game. I thought they would get rolled by TCU. I don't know what the rest of the season holds, but I don't I don't mind that. Is that uh I mean that's what we expect from Dion. He's a you know, he's a loud guy, he's a, pr- a brash guy, he's a proud guy. Were you annoyed by that? That he puffed out his chest and he's like, "Hey, all of you doubted me, and yeah. I used it." No, it's fine because I mean they were doubted. They're twenty-one point underdogs. Like I, I hate it when teams are favored, and like nobody believed in us. Like yes, they, yes, they did. Uh, they were twenty-one point underdogs with legit elite talent at several positions. Like yeah, they were doubted. And that's fair. Now the thing I don't like about it, and I've I've kind of tried to ask this question to, to you know some of the Raiders players actually. Um, you know, the offensive line in particular, last year going into the season, offensive line sucks. Offensive line is terrible. And they were fine. Yep. And now, like, hey, the offensive line's fine. So I've, I've asked some of those players, nobody's doubting you now. Like, last year you guys kind of galvanized around this, you suck, you're terrible, you're the weak link of the team. You don't have that anymore. Is that tough? And I think the same applies here to, hey, if you're going to use this entire offseason, nobody believes in you. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're going to lose. Everybody thinks you're going to get crushed. You're terrible. You're 21-point underdogs. Now everybody says you're amazing. Mm. So now what? I, I think there's still going to be doubters, and he can use the point spread. The Although I think this point spread has flipped pretty you know crazy fashion. Yeah. But there's still going to be dogs against a lot of teams. Maybe they go out and beat Nebraska 60 nothing, and that'll really – Eliminate some of the uh, the motivation from the offseason, but you know the way coaches are; they never lose that. Um, we've we've heard Alabama. We've heard an Alabama player a couple of years ago when they won the title say, "No one believed in us." We heard a Georgia player last year uh, say, "No one believed in us," and it's like, what are we doing here? So coaches are always magical when it comes to that. Um, I thought this was really interesting. 
And I do believe Dion in a lot of ways when he brings up haters and when they look at Colorado, they're very uncomfortable. We're going we're gonna to continuously be questioned because we do things that have never been done. That's the way our life has presented themselves. We do things that have never been done, and that makes people uncomfortable. When you see a, a confident black man sitting up here talking his talk, walking his walk, coaching 75% African-Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Oh, they don't like that. But guess what? We're going to consistently do what we do. Okay. Damon, who do you think he's referencing when he says, oh, they don't like that? Whites. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Yes. The general, the overall majority white media. Media or fans? Both? I'm going to say both, but I do think that it's more towards the shots at the media because what we saw the little exchange with Ed Werner where he is, he, he's seeing the things, he's hearing the things like, hey, you didn't believe in us. He's seen all the criticism that he's got since Jackson State where he's saying we, where it's him and the players, some of those players that he's brought along with him. I don't think that maybe even going back to his playing days, you know, I wasn't around back then, but maybe Dion's just always had that chip on his shoulder of, I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove this to you. Because there are a lot of people that, hey, like you said, you didn't believe in them earlier. The win total, what's it? Three, it was three and a half before the season started? Where he knows all of that. If your win total's at three and a half, that is clearly because not only the media, but the people who are the sharps on the game don't believe in your team. I mean, what do you think? Do you like that point about, hey, there's a lot of people uncomfortable with what I, we're doing and how we look and how I, we act? I ordinarily would. Here's the problem. Like, I feel like Dion is probably more popular with whites than almost anyone. Like, white people love Dion Sanders. He was the favorite player of, like, every white kid in the suburbs his entire career. So, so like, then, I, I, I promise you there is a segment of whites who are, who are not comfortable in what he's saying. But I think in general, I, he was there any player where there was more jerseys in the suburbs than Deion Sanders ever? Like he was the most popular player ever. So I, I don't know if that applies in the same way. But I do think in its terms of a power structure, like yeah, there's always going to be people that are not comfortable with like a, a brash minority coach. You know, being outspoken and and loud and telling you what's going to happen, like there there's a segment for sure, but I think in in general the whites the whites love prime. But you still hold to the media. You yeah, still want to hold on to that one. Yeah, I do want to still hold on yeah. to the media. I, I don't. That's who's yeah. that's who's giving him the most criticism. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight that. That, uh, that there are a lot of there. Are, I mean, they've always have been. So that's always been the case. That as media people get older and older, they're uh, they're less tolerant, and when they see someone like Dion come along. Um, they're annoyed about it. Uh, there was a whole exchange last year with someone where uh, Dion claimed that he was being disrespected by being called Dion, and that no one, no other coach is called by his uh, first name like that. And you know, the the media person said, "I call Nick Saban Nick," but that's fine. If you want to make that case, so he wants to be called Coach Prime. Okay. I mean, in reality, nobody calls any other coach a coach nickname. It's Coach Sanders. If you're really going to be accurate about it's coach prime no what i'm saying if you're like nobody if you want to be treated like quote unquote the respected white coaches if that's the claim oh you're saying nobody's like coach sabes does this open the door for me to go to vgk and say coach butchie hey coach butchie since that is apparently the nickname of i think it was cassidy butchie not coach butchie why not coach i don't i i don't ever do the first name i don't like it 
And no. it's and it's going to get more awkward when I'm having to work when I'm 78 and I'm still like, hey, coach. And the coach is like 38. Sure. It's a very important sign of respect. It's really not. Um, so big story from the weekend: Deion Sanders in Colorado shocks the world. No, they were uh, 20, uh, 20 and a half point dogs. What was he pulling with Ed Warder? Because we were going to play the audio, but it's kind of disjointed. So he starts talking to Ed Warder, who's a you know longtime reporter with ESPN, and really his his beat is Dallas, so going back to the Cowboys. But he, I think he used Warder as a punching bag on media people who didn't believe in him because you could hear the exchange. Ed's trying to ask a question, and Sanders is like, do you believe in us now? I read what you wrote, and Ed Warder's like, what did I write? And you could tell Ed Warder didn't write anything and that Dion was just going to kind of playfully go after a media member to cover yeah. all. And I, don't, I, w- I wish I was there. I wish I had seen Ed Warder's face because I'm not sure that Ed's one of those guys who can actually take it. Seems a little sensitive. Yeah, but, I've, defi- uh, I've definitely been around athletes uh, who are telling a media person they know what they wrote, they read yeah. it, and, and they were wrong. Right. They just, it was something else that somebody else wrote, and they're right. like, I read that. Like, yeah, it wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so I've, been, I've, I've seen that. But I, I also think you're right that he just picked somebody and was going to say, I saw what you wrote. All of this is a perfect game for week one of college football because what is week two? Overreaction week two. Sure. And it's the same thing in the NFL, but I think it's even worse, worse in college because the up-and-down nature of the college athlete and college coaching staffs is crazy. So to make any sort of final judgment on a team being good or bad is just stupid. And we're seeing that. I, I, heard, I heard a lot of media people the last couple of days like, I guess I was wrong. I have no idea if I'm wrong. TCU might be the worst team in the Big 12. They might have a bottom freaking – you know, 20 defense in Division One. Like I said at the start, I know this. I know that Shador Sanders is a legit, you know, middle of the conference, if not, you know, top end of the conference quarterback. He's a good player. Travis Hunter is unlike anything we've seen in 25 years. He's amazing. They have weapons on the outside. And Dion can – I won't even say Dion can coach. I still don't know. Coach Prime. I don't know. Was it? I mean, he's kind of said he doesn't – Coach, right? I mean, that's I don't know. He's he's the he's just more the the CEO, the face, and he puts everybody in place to do their job. I mean, okay. I, don't, he, I don't think he's out there designing gameplay. So, do you think there's a big overreaction of all this? Yeah, I definitely do. But I mean, I I think they're definitely going to be better than what you know the over under win total was. I think they're going to be very good. But people what? that are people that are taking this as you know, hey, they're they're the national champs now. Like, Uh-oh. settle down. Do I do this? Settle down. Adam's walking into a new environment that we've created here with a new producer. Oh, the the spreadsheet bets? The, the spreadsheet bets. Will he accept a one-on-one bet, or are the only bets that Adam will put up are his picks for the NFL, which we'll be doing on Wednesday and Thursday? What do you think? What do you want to reset the total win total at? Do you want to think about it? It's still three and a half, right? That's that's what it was. That's what we argued about Thursday. Is it still three and a half? No, no you don't have a win total after the season starts. But oh, you, sure, sure you do. They adjust win totals. Well... Yeah, not I, I, if I were sports books, I would here. make a bet right now. I would, I'd, I'd bump it up. I don't know what the safe like number is. Half. No, 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 five and no, a half. No, five and a half. You know what's going to draw action, and also what's kind of safe. I also don't know the split because I think they were already. You're right. You might actually have to go 
a little bit higher because yeah. my guess is they got pounded yeah. on well, the they initial did. number. They, they got pounded on national championship bets. They got pounded on conference championship bets. They got pounded on the season win total over. So they could have some fun with this and boost it to like seven and a half. Well, the problem is then then you get middled you did, by the pros. Then everybody who bet the over three and a half is going to bet the under seven and a half. Well, not everyone will. Well, not everyone's smart enough to any do that. intelligence right. whatsoever. So you don't think they'll they'll post? Anyone will post an, an adjusted number? Maybe wait a few more weeks. I, I, would, I wouldn't think here. Maybe somewhere else. Sure. Yeah. It might it might be up. What do you think it is? They're definitely going over three and a half. I'd give them seven. Ooh, okay, let me think about that. I might take the under on that. Really? You want to go seven? I want to go seven. Look at I'm believing. All right? We'll you guys didn't believe. Oh, you're on board. You're good. I'm on board. All right. What Saturday was a great day this... for black America. I'll say it. <laughs> this next week is terrible, though. I don't want to have to root for Nebraska. I like Matt Rule, though. I, I think Nebraska's – I mean, I watched a lot of Nebraska last week. They're not good. So then you're laying the wood here. Yeah. You are. 2-0, yeah. baby. Yeah. All right. Quick break. We'll come back, talk a little more about Colorado and Dion uh, shocking the world. As Doug Gottlieb said yesterday on a tease on Fox Sports National, uh, Dion just helped save college football, which I was like, wait, what? Did it need saving? From what? The tumult of the offseason? The games are here. It does not need to be saved. There's a lot to get to from uh, week one of college football. Yeah, all of the, all of the young players um, – Whenever, whatever opportunity they have to talk to me and try to pick my brain, they do. Especially Tyree, but all the young players, they they kind of see me as uh, the older OG. So um, they know that I have a lot, of knowledge, a lot of knowledge in this game, and they pick my brain every chance they get. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. I don't want to say it, but that, that quote and uh, some of the action before and after that quote Make me feel very weird about another Jones. Like I've heard this before, and I've seen the words not match the actions. That said, I don't know what's going on with Chandler Jones, who you just heard there. Something happened this morning. We don't know exactly what. There were a series of IG posts. Uh, the best I can make of it right now, the start was, was he trying to get into the facility to go work out and he couldn't get in the Henderson facility? I mean, Do you want to go on the record on this? You just wanna, do you want to just skate by this whole thing and say, let's, let's wait until we find out what the hell was going on? Well, I, th- I mean, I think that's true. Like, I, I know, you know you, just, you just referenced uh, McAfee earlier, and I, I was like, oh, they talked about it for a while today. I was like, oh, let me see what they said. Literally nothing, and, which I think is, the, is kind of the right thing. Because we have no idea. I mean, I don't believe he was hacked. I'll say that, first of all. Um, Come on. There goes he your did, There was, among the postings, there was a video of him. Did you watch that part, Damon? I know you were asking. Him in the, the mirror? mirror? In the mirror without a face. It did sound like him. Did How was he dressed? In, was it just his face? Shirt, shirtless. Okay. And there are people saying, oh, he's pudgy. That's not him. And I was like, I mean. Oh, I hold on. <laughs> hold, stay on that point. I'm doing a giveaway right now. Four tickets in the ESPN Fan Zone. Aces, Mercury, Fan Appreciation Game. This Sunday, noon start, T-Mobile. Tickets at AXS.com. We've got a four-pack in the Fan Zone. The Fan Zone's brought to you by Finley, Volkswagen Henderson, and Westar Credit Union. 364-1100, caller 7. DeMond's going to hook you up with the four Aces tickets for WNBA action against the Mercury. This might play into 
my conspiracy theory that the craziest of the Jones brothers got Chandler's phone, that John got his phone. You're saying faceless and the body was a little bit pudgy. Okay. NFL football is back, and you know what that means. Thursday night football, Sunday night football, and Monday night football. And you can listen to the games right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Week one starts in Kansas City as the Chiefs host the Detroit Lions. So remember, with football season back on Mondays and Thursdays, Cofield and Company starts at 2 p.m. and goes right into NFL football at 5. All the fun starts Thursday night here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 f.m. Sunday Night NFL is back, and it starts out with the Dallas Cowboys taking on the New York Giants. Listen in Sunday at 4.30 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 FM. All right, so we're trying to figure out the series of IG posts, Instagram posts, from Chandler Jones, defensive lineman for the Raiders, seemed to kind of lose his cool at something at the facility. Adam just mentioned, in addition to some of the uh, written IGs, uh, what are they called, whatever, IG write-ups, posts, there was a quick video. Yeah, very quick. And the face was blanked out, and someone said he looked pudgy. Um, do we know that his brother didn't steal his phone? Because his brother's a big guy, but he's not, sure. he's not really ripped when he's not fighting, and he might not be ripped ever again when he's fighting because he's a heavyweight now. And John is a little bit kooky. Is that a nice word? So did John bit. do in Chandler? Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, did you text John? Do you, are you on a texting relationship right now with John Jones? Not at the moment. Was he still mad uh, at you from five years ago when you wrote the story about the when you got the police video well, I'm here? The, yeah, he I'm was, the one that got the he video. He slamming like his the, head against the car. Well, which has also affected my relationship with Chandler, obviously. Uh, oh, really? So, yeah, it's been good. Uh, it hasn't been fr- from the get go, or did it no. take a little while for John to tell Chandler that you're a jerk? Pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're not a jerk, but you know, as I say all the time, John Jones didn't enjoy the malicious facts that you put out. Yeah. Uh, I will say. You know, as you're referencing, not to whatever, there's not many people that have covered both of them extensively like I have. I think I would know the difference in their voices. It seemed to be Chandler to me. Hmm. I feel like Jeff Wagenheim, which is this is a very deep MMA reference, might know sure. the voice of both. because Not that he covered the Patriots, but he was around. But I get your point. Yeah. I get your point. You know the Jones brothers better than anyone. It's uh, not, not what I said, but yes. No, as far as media know, goes, people you, have you, covered both the Raiders right. and they're going to lump in Arthur as well. Sure, haven't been around him as much, but I've definitely been around him and, yeah. his, and their dad and their dad too. Yeah, preacher man. Uh, sure. Who was referenced? the The letter, the letter in the story is a Chandler Jones letter that has been posted before. So I mean that that evidence lines up. Okay. So he was for those that didn't see all these posts. In addition to most of the people have probably seen the quotes now about just I'm not playing for the Raiders, not playing for McDaniel's, not playing for Ziegler. They locked me out. They contacted my baby mama, who I have not talked to in five years. Why did they call her directly? Wait, slow down, slow down. Okay. First of all, are the players allowed to go to the facility to work out on off days? And by the way, here, here's the other angle we have to get into. Have they had any off days recently or have they been working the entire well, time? I, I can assure you, because I saw people say, hey, they were off yesterday. Maybe he tried to get in on a holiday when they were off. Um, several players posted Instagram videos from inside the building yesterday. Oh, really? Which they were supposed to be, quote, unquote, off. We were told they were off. There would be no media availability because they were off. Several players were in the building yesterday. They shouldn't do that when the media is being told they're off. Yeah. Not by those players. So 
to that theory, which I did see prevalent on social media, that, hey, they were off yesterday. Maybe he tried to go there when they were off. Other players were there. Maybe he was trying to go at, like, 3 in the morning. I, I think they're allowed to. That's what I was thinking, too. Why wouldn't the facility be open every single day, 24-7? It's supposed to be a home for the players, right? I would think so. I, I, this is Again, this is not something that's come up. Oh, wow. So I haven't. <laughs> I haven't talked to any players yet about when they can and can't go in. I mean, we're allowed in here if we want to apply our trade, you know, work on a reel, you know, for a resume, whatever you want to do. You come in anytime you want. But there is there is stricter rules in the NFL. Oh, there is. Okay. Through the, the NFLPA about when teams can have guys in or not, but that shouldn't cover when they want to go in on their own. I don't know if I. I don't know anything. I don't know when this happened or why it happened or. Why he said what he said, there were some very positive posts about the organization yesterday on his social media. So it clearly seemed to be something that happened this morning that that triggered this. We know that there's been times in the past where there's been some erratic behavior. I have, I have no idea. Okay, and then what's the – were they doing research in the past with a mother of his child? I don't like that baby mama term. Well, he put BM. Oh, he used it. Well, okay. He said he could be ref- bowel movement. He said, well, I mean, in contacted context, my bowel movement that I in context. Haven't. And I know I was talking to somebody about this Sorry, about an hour ago. I was just like, what are you talking about? And she was, lo- <laughs> I was talking to somebody like an hour ago and she was looking at them. She's like, what is BM? And I was like, baby mama. Like, oh, okay. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they, he alleges that they contacted. Well, why his would they, why would they contact her? Bowel movement or baby, baby mama. mama. Why would they, why would they, it's background, right? Or did they? Oh, okay. Don't believe everything that's written. I don't. I'm not saying they did or didn't. Hmm. I have no idea. Or what if? That's a good point. Let again. I, I hate doing this just because it's like. I didn't do it. I know what complete you're speculation. Yeah, go ahead. What if this all was the result of some erratic behavior that they were concerned about? Right. And they reached out to her and said, "Hey, do you know of anything that's going on? How is he? Like maybe they maybe there was he was already exhibiting behavior, and they checked on him. Right. And they were trying to check through other people to see if they had heard if he was okay." That is possible. Hmm. I'm not saying that's what happened right. at all, but like that is if you kind of put everything together, maybe that's what happened. Well, I read uh, Vincenzo's story today. It said there's more updates coming, so we'll wait for Vinny from Raider Nation Radio 920 to uh, get us some updates. We'll hit this on the four and five hour, but very weird right now. Chandler Jones claiming that he couldn't get into the facility, post a video of himself, but it was faceless, and then is angry about something happened or that happened in the past. And most importantly, he said, "I don't want to play for these guys." So that's not a good situation. If it was him, but you do believe 99.9% that he was not hacked. I've decided on the show we need a Southern football insider, but one who is objective, who's not blindly loyal to the South. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You like that, right? Sure. Because some of these guys, we can't do it. (laughs) Uh, Heath Klein has worked all over the South. He's at the Fan in Atlanta. He was in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, he's usually here in Vegas more than he is in the South, which makes him a smart guy. Heath, how you doing? It's Stephen Adam in Vegas. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. Uh, what did you do the last time you were in Vegas? And uh, feel free to shout out a restaurant you like, uh, even if they don't advertise with us. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, man. I, you know, so much fun, actually, when I was out there the last time. And, uh, some stuff that would probably be kind of nerdy. I went over to the Henderson Bird Preserve and walked around over there, get a little Uh-oh. fitness exercise, a little... Uh, little chance to go and, and see some nature over there. So did that. Uh, and, uh, wait a second. Wait, hold on a second. Wait, hold on a second. Adam, are you listening? Yeah. 
Okay, I was surprised. I was waiting for you. Adam is not a nature guy and has actually made the statement that trees are stupid. Trees are stupid. And scenery is dumb, which uh, he's he's the smartest guy on the show, but maybe one of the more ridiculous or two of the most ridiculous things you've ever said. No, it's true. There's so many great things to do. You wouldn't go see birds? You can see, if, if they happen to fly in front of you, sure. Heath, what's the difference between just a random I, I, a random meeting with a bird and where you went? I, I would just say you're going to see some birds, but honestly, man, it's just, keep in mind, I'm from the south, so again, we don't have some of the scenery you guys have out there with the mountains, and, and so just being there and being able to not only simultaneously see birds, but also see mountains, see the strip, I mean, it's kind of crazy that that place is there and you can... You could experience all of it. That was one thing I hadn't done. I mean, there's a lot of things in Vegas I've done a million times. That was one thing I'd never done, and I got a chance to get over there and check it out. So I would encourage anybody, if you're just looking for a little fitness, a little chance to get out in nature, get a walk. It's, it's, it's the Henderson Bird Preserve. It's a nice place to go check out. Okay. Uh, but then, you know, was over, was over at Sahara's, hit Chickie and Pete's, watched some games, grabbed some food. All right. You can't go wrong, man. Every time in Vegas, you cannot wow. go wrong. I love that place. Lo- so lobster much. fries. Mental, mental connection there. I like that. Uh, for everyone out there, you know, Clay Baker from our sister station. Raider Nation Radio, 920 every Thursday at Chicken and Pete's. Good job, Heath. That was excellent. That was really excellent. Uh, I'm going to ask you a dinner question. We got treated to a very expensive dinner uh, by the mom of one of our friends. And, I mean, I think I, I think I ordered responsibly. There were a couple of dudes there who I think were order, ordering. Were those old fashions, Adam? Yeah, but they were, I think they were from up a up, special collection. I think they were up to like 75 bucks a drink. Yeah. Uh, Heath, when someone says, hey – no, you know, don't worry about the cost. Just order wherever you want. What do you do? Um, there's no way I'm swinging for the fences with any seventy-five-dollar drink. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I was if I was gonna get wild, I'd be like, ah, I don't know. You guys have you who here? You know, ask for some really extraordinarily weird thing and see if they have it or something, rather than be going for the seventy-five-dollar drink. You never want to be the guy at the table. I don't think that that ordered the most expensive thing, like in any setting, right? But, like, even if you went to like I don't know a fast food place. If nobody else supersized it, you probably don't want to be that guy, right? Here's the thing, though. Our friend lives like that. Yeah. So I think they were just following his lead. Like, when he goes out, he goes out. Like, he lives it up, which I actually I admire him. You shouldn't worry about stuff like that. And he just he lives it up. I don't, what did he get? He got wound up getting, like, a – it was, like, the rib cap for, like, $87. Sure. Oh, yeah. I don't know what he was drinking. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was his birthday, so – Good for him. Yeah, I don't know. We're all holding well, now, ourselves back. Guy, if you know, if you know he's going to be offended if you don't do it, then that's a different story. If you're like letting him down if you don't get something big, then that's oh. a different story. I just remember like one time I was out there with a bunch of guys for a friend of mine's birthday party, and all of them are attorney types, and I'm the radio schmuck. <laughs> and and so we're we're over at Prime at Bellagio, sure. and they're all like, "Oh, let's just uh, let's just all order and split the tab." And I'm like, uh, "How about no? Yeah. How about <laughs> no? Uh, let's not do that." Yeah. Well, that's where Adam gets caught because he doesn't drink, and we go out with people who do drink, and sometimes, you know. Oh, but I got I got demanded to order drinks. Oh, you did? Yeah, I At did. I had I had two beers, which were actually they're very very good, so I was happy about that. But yeah, right. I was I was pressured into it. But I also ordered the cheapest steak, and then was like, yeah, I don't want to get like the the sauce accoutrement with it for like an extra eight dollars. I don't want to do that. You but didn't I, do it. In the end, I got again pushed into it. But yeah, I was like, I don't know. Oh, about they, this. they got a lobster for $105 and, and like no one ate it. I was like, this is, this is silly. All right. Biggest story in the region for college football for, well, I'll say for the region. It's not your opinion, but for the region, was it Florida State LSU or was it the devastating, just weird loss by Clemson against Duke? Uh, there's no question. It's Clemson because there was already a suspicion 
that there was some real cracks in the foundation over there, that, that it wasn't just, ah, you know, they, they didn't have the right quarterback or things have slipped a little bit. There was already a real suspicion that, that they might have dropped from being one of the true national powers into that pretty good program, but no longer what they had been for the, the middle part of the Dabo era. And, and when you not only lose to Duke, but it would be easy. If you didn't watch that game, it'd be really easy to say, ah, come on, they fumbled a couple of times right at the one. I mean, that's ridiculous. That, could have, that, was, that won't happen again for 20 years. No, no, no. They got over 400 yards offense. Nah, you're, nah, you're overreacting. If you watch the game, you know. Clemson's athletes are supposed to overwhelm Duke's athletes. Duke has a total of two players on their roster. They're four- and five-star players. Clemson has more than that at any one position group you look at. They're supposed to overwhelm their athletes. Last night, if you knew nothing about the two teams, you would not have said one team had clearly better athletes than the other. And the fact that's where it is now, that speaks volumes. That's a major problem for Dabo and company. They're not going to go away. They're not going to just suddenly stink. But them as a every year pencil them in national contender, nah, no more. And that's, that's way different than LSU not being able to handle an FSU team that looks pretty loaded. Can Florida State make the Final Four? Before, I would have said no. Because I, I still need to see more. I still need to see consistency from that program. But now you look at what they've got. They've got an LSU win already in the bank. They've got a Florida team that looked like absolute trash against Utah as the only other non-conference game they'll play with a pulse. And you look at the ACC and you say, what collection of athletes is ready, since Clemson sure doesn't look like they are, who's going to be ready to stand in and, and take those guys down? even if they trip up in a game, because they've got that LSU thing, they're going to have two SEC wins at the end of the season unless something goes really, really wrong in that Florida game. You know, who's going to have a better hand of cards to play as a non-conference team, even if they did trip up in one game for a non-conference schedule than that? I mean, at this point, yeah, I think you have to feel like, unless something happens to Travis, that's the one thing. That kid at quarterback has grown so much. I don't know what would happen to him if they lost him. But unless they lose him for a substantial period of time, boy, it's hard to hard to see where on the schedule they're losing two, and if they don't lose two, they're probably in the playoffs. What, how much concern is there coming out of that game for LSU, who looked great in the first half and then just completely kind of fell off the map in the second? I think there's some real concern over there about a couple of things. We actually, uh, earlier today on the show I'm involved with, we got a chance to talk to LSU's sideline guy, and, and he was talking about some of the concerns there just you know, from field level, some of the things that you saw in that game I think there's some real questions about their quarterback. Jalen Daniels got better over the course of last year, but how much better can he get? And is he good enough to get you where you want to go? They were doing some stuff on their line. They really thought their offensive line was going to be a strength. And instead, they had some real questions on that offensive line the other night. Uh, they'll get the tailback back. John Emery's a really nice tailback. He wasn't available for first two weeks of the season. They'll get him back. That'll probably help a little bit. But, I mean, now for LSU to be national contender, they have to run the table. And that includes beating Bama and Tuscaloosa. That includes not tripping up against anybody else. I mean, could they still possibly be in Atlanta for the SEC title game? Yeah, because this loss doesn't count against them for that. But can they get through 12 more games and win the SEC uh, that's that's hard to believe they're going to do that without tripping up another time. And if they've got two losses, then history says you're out. Heath Klein, Cofield and Company, Southern College Football Insider. It's a lofty title, I know. Um, so I know you were very much into, I'm sure, the North Carolina 
South Carolina game. Uh, my God, I, t- I tuned into the South Carolina broadcast at halftime. And first of all, I was, uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Uh, is the play by play guy named Ellis? Is that his last name? He's Todd Ellis. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say this. Yeah. Todd is an attorney by trade. Really? And they wanted a. They wanted someone who was a homer. They wanted uh, somebody there, who you was knew a what I was going to say. Homer. You knew what I was going to say. And so, holy crap! Yeah, Todd. Todd, God bless him. Todd's a, a nice guy. But if you have not heard oh the broadcast, God. if you're not familiar with the presentation, yep, yep. Uh, Todd is not your typical play-by-play. Guy. It was we He's very we, much there to be a homer, yep. passionate person for Gamecock football. Sorry, it was wee wee wee. I don't know who the color voice is, but then he slipped in a wee, which I kind of expect. Uh, by the way, if if we pull back the curtain, is this guy getting paid, or does does he do trade? Like a little radio parlance here, but uh, does he actually get paid? Oh, I'm sure he gets okay. paid, but uh, but he's the only the voice of football. Like normally, wow. most programs, the voice of football is also the voice of basketball and maybe baseball. Todd is literally the voice of football. They had a guy for six years before him that literally got the job because of an age discrimination claim, and so to wow. settle it, they gave him the South Carolina play-by-play job. Wow. And he was a professional, okay. but the fans couldn't stand him because he wasn't. He was just a guy who just called the game, and they wanted a guy who was one of theirs. And so uh, they they got what they wanted with Todd. And again, fans, there's a lot of fans who love him, yeah, yeah. but he is not your typical presentation of the game. Well, I'll tell you at the half when I tuned in, uh, he brought it back from halftime, and I was like, "Wow, they're they're getting destroyed. He's really sad, and uh, you know they just don't have enough talent to compete with North Carolina." They're, I was like, "What's the score? Seventeen fourteen? Wait!" Um, and then obviously they got they they got run a little bit in the second half. Uh, what does that mean for North Carolina, and how good is Drake May? Um, and you, you can also piggyback off the Florida State thing. Who is the best team in the ACC? But first, North Carolina. Yeah, look, North Carolina, huge impression defensively in that game. I mean, they got more sacks. They got nine sacks in that game. That's four sacks, or, or more than half of their total, I should say, of all of last season combined in one game. And they easily could have had more. Rattler made some really nice plays to, to keep plays alive, or it could have been double-digit sacks. Um, it, it, certainly that's growth for North Carolina. And if their defense has a pulse, I mean, Last year, they were 115th in pressure rate. They were 17% worse at pressure rate than your average team. They were way below uh, what you would expect. And they made some moves in the secondary. Gene Chizik is in his second year. The claim last year was, well, he was adjusting back to college football, been doing broadcasting for a while, and some things had changed while he was away. And uh, if, if, that's, if that's what they're going to be, if they have a defense that can get after people like that, and they won't always have a line that's struggling like the Gamecock line, but they don't have to be amazing. If they could just be okay to pretty good, then they could very easily be in the running right now for second or third best team in the ACC because May is excellent. And that, that was their, just their bleeding wound was that that defense was just horrible. So for first impressions, it was, it was as good a night as they could have hoped for. The one thing I will say, South Carolina lost their left tackle in the spring game, and he's not maybe going to play all year. Then they lost their right tackle who started in the first series of the game and they just had some real huge issues on that O-line that are going to continue to affect them, I think, for a while. So I, I would pump the brakes on that that's who North Carolina is going to be every week when it comes to okay. the aggression on the line, because that might not turn out to be true. We'll see in a couple of weeks against Minnesota. That'll probably tell us a little more about that defense then. So last 15 seconds, literally 15, the, the best team in the ACC now, the team to beat, is Florida State? Has to be. No okay. question about it. All right, Heath. That was good. That was uh, four seconds. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get John more often. Obviously, you guys are in the cradle of college football, so I appreciate the time. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Heath Klein, who was working in South uh, Carolina for a long time in Columbia, so he knows that 
area really well with South Carolina and Clemson, and he's now in Atlanta on the fan. In Atlanta, very interesting weekend, and obviously a really big game, sort of SEC preview of the future with Alabama and Texas on Saturday. 